listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 64 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Justin Schwartz and I'm alongside Liam Baum as usual. And the Montreal Canadiens officially have game one of the regular season. Game one of the 2023-24 regular season under their belt. And I got to say, Liam, it feels pretty good. I mean, we'll get into the game soon. And obviously, it didn't finish the way the Montreal Canadiens would have hoped. But it feels good to have hockey back. And I think you can vouch for that as well. Yeah, very nice to have it back. And uh, yeah, we'll get right into the game. Yeah, look, I mean, I think... I think it's going to be a fun season. I think if we're looking on the past two seasons, I don't think it can get much worse. So I think there's a lot to improve on this season. A lot of, I won't call it, there's a few new players, but there's also a few returning players that have a little bit more to prove this season um, with maybe a second Montreal Canadian season under their belt. So that's always exciting. You always have your key players like Suzuki and Caulfield that are going to almost show up basically every game. So that's always exciting. And essentially, you're going to have a very competitive division in the Atlantic. Now, maybe not necessarily, the Montreal Canadiens might not necessarily be um, searching for a playoff spot this season. But one thing to note is that the Atlantic Division, even though it's still um, a top division in this league, obviously has its weaknesses. So it'll be interesting to see where Montreal ends up placing, um, considering that both of us um, see them finishing last in our um, Atlantic Division rankings. So that's going to be interesting uh, to follow uh, follow over the course of the season. But Liam, I'm going to throw it on to you right away. Initial reactions, thoughts, players that stood out, players that didn't stand out. What do you have for me? Honestly, there's a lot to talk about, but I think the perfect place to start is the uh, the Dak, Slavkovsky, and Newhook line. They contributed two goals, if I'm not... Or actually, yeah, two goals. Newhook had two. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, just very exciting to watch. They moved really fast. They hustled, won the battles. Slath looked like a completely different player compared to the 36 games we saw from him last season. That uh, I'll just get right into the first new hook goal where Dak won the battle down low in the uh, defensive end, moved it up to, or sorry, Slavkovsky won the battle down low, moved it up to Dak, came back to Slav, and he passed it right across to Newhook, who scored. Very nice play. The Habs look really energized. And yeah, your thoughts on that line? Oh, I think that was the best line that game. And I'll be honest with you, I was sitting on my couch watching this game. And obviously, going into this game, I was purely excited to watch Slap because I was telling myself, this needs to be a different season from Slap. And it starts game one against the Leafs in Toronto. He proved that to me. And on the score sheet, you're looking at an assist, you're looking at plus two, you're looking, and, and and off the score sheet, let's look at the intangibles, you're looking at a lot of hustle, you're looking at a lot of a lot of anticipation on Slav's part, a little bit more of a heads-up game from him, which really, really surprised me and, and made me happy as a Habs fan. Um, but the one thing I will say is that I went into this game obviously looking forward to watching Slav, but I was also exceptionally excited to watch Suzuki and Caulfield, and I was really excited to watch that line. And the truth is, is that halfway through the game, I was almost more excited to watch that second line, we'll call it that second line, of Doc, Newhook, and Slav, as opposed to watching that first line, which was composed of Suzuki, Anderson, and Caulfield. And nothing against those guys, but it was just that that line was really bringing it. And I really hope that that's something that we're going to see more consistently um, for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. No, they they looked really good together. 
And, you know, a good thing to to point out here is the Habs scored five goals. And typically, scoring is a problem. I know it's the first game of the season, but when you score five goals, you should be able to win the game. But at least it's a positive that we're able to put the puck in the net. Oh, but, 100%. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just going on to uh, the Suzuki, Caulfield, and Anderson line. Obviously, you know what they're going to bring to the table every night. On the power play, Caulfield's going to score. He's going to shoot the puck. But Anderson just did not look like he was able to keep up with them that game. He, you know, just was, was making a few mistakes and just doesn't fit in playing against the top players every game. I just don't think he's the right player to play on that line. On that line. Yeah, I really and and I agree. I agree. And look, I'll 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 break the news to you right now. Not that it's anything that anyone would have ex- like. No one would have ex- expected anything different. But um, as of practice today, the lines are staying the same. So they're not touching anything. It's game two. That's probably what's expected. The truth is, is that I think although you have Anderson playing on that right side, I think I think that over time, over the course of time you're going to see a little bit of a bump in RHP's involvement in that top six. Now, I think that we can both agree that RHP might not necessarily be that top six guy that you want him to be. But I think that it's not necessarily a question of skill with RHP. I think it's a question of the way he can complement the players on his line. And I think that he's relatively volatile in that case and to in terms of playing next to a guy like Caulfield and Suzuki. And I, and I agree with you. I don't think Anderson looked good. I think that he looked mentally slow in comparison to Suzuki and Caulfield. And I don't think that his game complements their game properly. So if that's going to be a consistent theme throughout this season, I think it's going to, I think they're going to run into more problems than not. And going to, are they going to be searching for another winger to complement that line sooner rather than later? Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's the right, right thing to talk about there. He just, he was slow mentally, but again, a positive here is that at least the lines are staying together, unlike last season where it seemed like every single game, the lines were changing. You can't build chemistry like that. You're not going to win games. So at least they're trying to, you know, maybe create the connection because there has been one in the past, but last game, it just wasn't too good for Anderson. Absolutely. And look, even if you wanted to stuff uh, Monaghan on that line, I, I really did think that that third line, I don't I don't know if I want to call it I don't know if I want to say struggled, but I definitely want to say looked slow for this new generation, for this new NHL that we're that we're looking at. And mm-hmm. between Pearson, Gallagher, and Monaghan, um, I think all those players bring something to the table as individuals, but as as a line in in, it, I, I it didn't it didn't work for me. It didn't no. work for me. And look, I know that the Montreal Canadiens are not in a position to necessarily necessarily push for a playoff spot or even compete at a, at an exceptionally high level with some of the bigger teams. But nonetheless, you're going to want to stay competitive. And I think that that's where a lot of teams are going to be able to take advantage of the Montreal Canadiens because a lot of their lines have become a little bit more speedy and a little bit more forecheck heavy. And I don't think that the players on that on that line can keep up with that pace. No. Um, so that might beg the question for a switch from, you know, t- like I said, taking Monaghan from that third line or taking RHP from that fourth line and giving Anderson more of that checking role in that third on that third line and 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 diverting his skill a little bit. Um, but that will be interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. I mean, hopefully when Dvorak comes back, he'll be able to be able to slot in there and, you know, change the dynamic a little. But, you know, Monaghan looked pretty good, I found. Pearson was a bit, I don't know, unnoticeable, I'd say. He didn't really have anything like a standout moment. But Gallagher just looked really, really slow and just seemed like he was dragging that whole line down. So obviously he signed for a long time. It's only one game. He can't overreact here, but he really didn't look too good the other night. 
No, I, I agree. Um, and, it, and it's tough to see because honestly, as a, as a Montreal Canadiens fan, you know, you haven't had many players who have stuck around their whole career in Montreal, right. Other than price. Um, right. So, so it's, it was always nice to see Gallagher, a guy that came from the Hamilton Bulldogs and really worked his way up to make the Montreal Canadiens roster as a, as a late round draft pick. And he's still here. And, and you know what, that money that was given to him might've been a mistake, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to let go um, of that, of that connection that mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens fans have with a guy like Gallagher. But unfortunately it seems like um, his better days are in the past. Uh, speaking of better days in the past, I think it's a good transition for a guy like Jake Allen. Um, Look, it's one game, not going to overreact. There's no need to overreact because, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not impulsive Habs fans. Like it's, there's, it's a process, but I do think that Jake Allen's time as a Montreal Canadiens starter is, is over. And I think that we're already seeing that transition Saturday night coming up tomorrow night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Samuel Montembeau is already confirmed for that game. Do you think that's something like we discussed this at length about how Monty should probably be the starter for the season? They opened up with starting Allen. We both kind of looked at each other and said, well, what's going on here? Do you think that the Montreal Canadiens brass and, and coaching staff have, have changed their mind already? I mean, I think the summer had a big thing to do with it. Montembeau looked really, really good at the world championships, had an outstanding tournament and, even last season, he had a, he had a pretty solid season for a bottom feeder team. But then again, Allen did make 37 saves. But that Noah Gregor goal, I swear it was the same damn play that happened in the preseason. The guy just walks in on the left side and just shovels it towards the net and finds a way in. Like Allen is just so out of position sometimes. And again, and even that, the and even the Matthews goal too. Yeah, I was just gonna say that Matthews goal. Matthews just shoots it from the corner. Like Allen's, he, he just seems slow. But I mean, he did make 37 saves and he didn't have a horrible game, I, I wouldn't say. But yes, I think his time is definitely coming to an end as a starting goalie in Montreal. And I think Montreal kind of missed the opportunity to, to get some value back for him last season or even the season before. Because now he just doesn't seem like a guy who's able to keep up with you know, playing a full season where some teams were looking for a goalie to be their number one. And Allen seemed like he could be that guy. But I mean, again, it's one game. You can't overreact. Allen was a, he's a solid goalie, but there's just these little things that keep happening that, you know, just can't happen. Oh, that's, that's for sure. And I mean, look, I, I, there's obviously, you can't attribute all the fault to a guy like Allen in a game like that, where it's so high scoring and back and forth and momentum plays such a massive role in a game like that but the truth is is that when the Montreal Canadiens in that game are up four to four to two I want to say after the Yelonen goal uh is it Yelonen uh who scored the fourth no it wasn't Yelonen I think anyway uh, Newhook scored the fourth right okay so it might have been when Newhook scored the fourth and Yelonen had scored the fifth but maybe we were up four three I forget exactly what the situation was but nonetheless that Matthews goal his second goal of the game where he kind of scores on the do- on the doorstep and kind of just shovels it past Allen's skate there on the on the post. You got to think like again. I'm not going to go out and you know give him a completely hard time for that goal, but that changes a lot in that game. You give them that goal. Now they're within one. They're pulling the goalie. They have five incredibly talented players on the ice. Like you're almost asking for it. And unfortunately, Allen was on the receiving end. Was on was the one that has to reap the consequences, but. 
you got to think like you need to be sharp in those moments and you need to be a little bit better, especially in, in game one where you have the lead and you need to preserve it late in the game. So that's my take. Yeah, no, I agree. I think moving on to, to the defenseman now, uh, Jack, I was my standout defenseman of the game. You know, he came into the game fighting Ryan Reeves. I, I wouldn't say it was much of a fight, more of like a tussle, but you know, it sets the tone early I like him on the power play too, as that quarterback on PP two looked really good and he shoots the puck. So I think he's really developing into a player that's sustainable in the long term, and, and he's going to be in that top six all the time. Just overall looked really good. He, he's showing that he's not a goon, essentially not just a goon and he, and he can actually play the game. So I was very happy with his performance. Um, again, I thought Matheson had a pretty strong game overall. He's always quick, always making the heads up plays. Um, yeah, no, that's just what I have to say about the demon. No, I was going to agree with you there. I thought Matheson had a very strong game. And I think that he really is for a team like the Montreal Canadians, who again, are not in a competing spot. He's definitely a number one defense, uh, defenseman right now for Montreal. I don't mean for a Stanley cup winning team. I mean, for Montreal. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's, he's nice to have on your team. Who's obviously providing a lot of value on his contract currently. And then you, yeah. And you look at a guy like Jack, who really showed up this game, obviously was a little bit on the bubble in terms of, you know, with, with defensemen coming up, whether it was Morgan Barron or whether it was Matthias Norlinder or whether he was even, um, or whether it was even Logan Mayu, right? Like these guys were fighting for spots and rightfully so. So I thought, you know, Jack, I had to come out here and prove his worth. And he definitely did more than that. Um, the shot on the on the new hook tip was perfect. He gets pucks to the net, which I find is so, so, so valuable, especially for a guy that was always deemed to be a little bit more, like you mentioned, a, a rougher player who played a little bit more of a defensive game. But he's showing that he has those offensive capabilities, which is really nice, and especially on the on, on that second power play unit. Um, other than that, though, none of the other guys were really noticeable, in my opinion. I always like Harris's game, and I think he plays such a simple game, which which is always such a good thing. If you don't notice the guy, it it it, it does it doesn't mean it's a bad thing doesn't yeah. mean it's a, especially on defense um so i think the decor did did a good job overall um Gooley wasn't really that noticeable to me which means it's a positive thing um so again not much not much on their part but definitely uh definitely a. it's funny because it's it's hard to say that it was a strong game defensively when we gave up six goals or i guess five um mm -hmm. but i don't think that they played particularly bad i think there were i think that the leafs capitalized on the on the special teams which was unfortunate yeah, very unfortunate that they weren't super disciplined. But, you know, again, like I said before, we scored five goals. That's a positive. And we took a top team to overtime and shootout. So, again, I think the Habs proved that they can possibly be a competitive team. I guess we'll see when it, in the next few games. But, you know, again, I'm just looking at the positives here. Well, yeah, th there you go. I mean, look, I always, I always think that there's a little bit of an overreaction from everyone um, when it comes to the first ten games of the NHL season because the truth is, is that a lot of teams are fresh, they're ready to roll, and they're ready to play and compete. And I think that that's the. And again, granted, if the Montreal Canadiens could stay healthy, I think that the, that's a huge benefactor for them because last season, they um, and even the season before, the amount of man's game, man games lost was just in, like through the roof. It wasn't normal. And I think that they lost when it, when it came to last season specifically with Slavkovsky, with Caulfield, Doc missed a ton of games, um, Gallagher missed games. Um, I I don't think Suzuki missed very much if at all, no. but Gooley missed a ton of games. So it was just a question of man games lost. And if the Montreal Canadiens could stay healthy and preserve those games, then they, maybe they could be a different different team. 
But sure. all that to say is that I think that there's a little bit of an overreaction sometimes to the first couple of games. But look, at the end of the day, the Montreal Canadiens were stride went stride for stride with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, two nights ago, three nights ago, two nights ago. And and you can only hope for for more of that. Competitive games are always fun to watch, and I'm not I'm not particularly mad with that game, considering that the Leafs were supposed to finish first in the Atlantic, right? Yeah, yeah. No, again, first game of the season, but you know I I think that's a good way to look at it. It's a good way to look at it. Absolutely. So overall, look, we're overall we're overall happy. I think that I think honestly, if anything, what that game brought to me is an excitement to watch game two and game three and so on and so forth, right? And I'm really and I and again, I don't think we touched on it much, but I think that New Hook like looked like a very, very, very strong player uh, for Montreal last night. And again, we talked about it at length this offseason about how New Hook, and I want to hear what you have to say about this, but New Hook was always sheltered in Colorado, like very limited minutes, you know, didn't have a lot of success at the center position, um, was always a talented player, but was never given that opportunity. Now you put him under a regime where he's under Martin St. Louis, has a lot of growing to do, but a lot of growing to do alongside guys that also have a lot of growing to do and a lot of development to go through. So you're really placing him under amazing circumstances. And I think that that really, I think that is a major, I think he benefits a lot from that. Um, and two goals and looked absolutely unstoppable in the offensive zone. Very good in close quarters. Um, was very good when it came to, came to heads up plays. What did you think about him? And what did you think about his overall game last uh, two nights ago? No, like like we talked about in the preseason, he looks super fast. Just again, he he looks like a completely different player than he's than he was in Colorado, just because he's getting that opportunity. And I think this is a, it's a really good plan in place to get all these guys who are around the same age and developing together and being brought up as a team that's eventually going to contend for the playoffs. But yeah, just overall, it's, he's just in a great position right now. I think Colorado's kind of missing out on what they kind of needed, like some young legs to help out their aging core. So I think the Habs got a really good guy here. I think he's going to develop really well. And, you know, hopefully he turns into like a 25, 30 goal score who can put up a good amount of points. But yeah, overall, very happy with his game. He really compliments Slaff and Dak with his speed. I think, yeah, I just think he compliments them very well. And uh, yeah, I don't really, I don't have a lot to say about that, but. Pretty happy Look, at the end of the day, yeah, sorry, but at the end of the day, he's on he's on pace for about 164 goals. So looking towards <laughs> that, um, looking at that, I think that's definitely something to be excited about. Uh, but jokes aside, obviously, I think that he's going to show that he's a capable sco goal scorer and a more than capable um, top six forward on this Montreal Canadiens team. And he's already, I won't say proven that, but he's he's showing good signs of that so far. Um. I think it would be a good idea, Liam, uh, if we get into you know the two games that are coming up for the Montreal Canadiens this week. Um, more specifically, the Montreal Canadiens will be taking on the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow night. So that's um, Saturday, October 14th in Montreal. So Montreal's home opener. And then we'll be taking on the... Why did I lose the game? Why Minnesota did I lose the game? Minnesota Wild. Minnesota. Yeah, because I was looking at Chicago's schedule. My bad. Yeah. So yeah, they will be taking on the Minnesota Wild in Montreal as well on Tuesday. So those are two games that, we, that we're that we looking forward to coming up. Um, Liam and I kind of agreed and hopefully are going to stick to um, getting out an episode for next week as well. So we're going to kind of do these weekly reviews with weekly um, matchups and, and, uh, and, you know, things to look out for for these games. And we'll do, and we'll do a couple 
um, predictions as well. Um, so for the game in Chicago, Liam, let's look at let's look at Chicago so far. They've had two they've had two games under their belt. They're one and one, and the headline, of course, is Connor Bedard. I'm not not going to sugarcoat yeah. it. It's Connor Bedard. He has two points in two games. Um, a lot of the guys that they signed, whether it's Corey Perry, Ryan Donato, Nick Foligno, or I guess you could say are stepping up to the plate to a certain extent. They're providing because they're given elevated roles. But the one thing I want to note here is that Connor Bedard is averaging through two games, 21 and a half minutes per game as an 18-year-old forward in this league. Insane. Um, yeah, he's looked, he's looked really, really good. He creates every play for that team. It's like him on Regina. He's carrying these bums, man. They just they don't have a team around him. They brought in all these guys who are going to provide leadership and hopefully develop him as a person. But I don't know. Maybe they'll give him some pointers on how to be a good hockey player. Corey Perry was a 50-goal scorer. But they did lose Taylor Hall. doesn't sound like he's going to be playing against the Habs. He's day-to-day or, you know, I think the co- uh, Luke Richardson said week-to-week, week, but it sounds like it's going to be a bit less than that. So yeah, Bedard coming to Montreal the only time this season. It's gonna be it's gonna be a show. He's gonna be that guy in Chicago. So it's gonna be fun to watch. Oh, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Um, you're looking at a goalie matchup tomorrow night that will probably be um Samuel Montambo versus Peter Morazic, presumably. Um Arvid Soderblom might be the starter, but for right now, we're gonna make the assumption that it's Peter Morazic. He's looked all right through two games, um, made a ton of saves and nice saves at that. But obviously, um, that second game against uh, against Buffalo didn't go the Buffalo Boston against Boston didn't go the way that they wanted it to. Um, but anyway, that's going to be an interesting goalie matchup to watch because if Samuel Montembeau can outduel Peter Mrazek, which we would like to hope is more than likely, that can be good news for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but the one thing I wanted to note is that it's going to be that first line, the Suzuki Caulfield, and I guess right for right now, that Josh Anderson line against Connor Bedard and his counterparts. And I say counterparts because I feel like without Taylor Hall, who knows who's going to be on that first line. As of right now, Daily Faceoff has it as Taylor Radish on the left and Ryan Donato on the right. So I think that even that second line, I think that even the Slav line or the Doc line, whatever you want to call it, is going to be able to take advantage of those of those matchups, especially at home. And I want, and I would love to see that five-on-five dominance from those from that from our top six versus their top six. Yeah, considering their team is really, really weak, I think the Habs beat them on every single line and defenseman lines. If you're comparing them to, so hopefully we're able to put up a lot of goals, capitalize on the power play. You know, use this game as I'm not going to say like a learning or a stepping stone. I think you call it a, like a get-right game. Yeah, this is a team the Habs should beat considering they just scored five on the Leafs. So, you know, praying for the win and just hopefully get a good, solid, and overall consistent game out of all our players. There you go. And I think, and again, like, we were going to focus on specific matchups, whether it was line matchups and whatnot. Um, I don't even think it's worth it because the truth is, is that even though Montreal Can- the Montreal Canadiens are not specifically, uh, or are not particularly a, an amazing team in terms of depth, I think that they, I think that their depth is miles ahead of what Chicago has on their roster. And I think it's going to be really a question of if Connor Bedard at five on five and on the power play is going to be able to carry his team, I guess you could say um, with his individual skills. But again, I guess that will be, um, I guess we'll see that tomorrow night. Um, So we'll, we'll leave that at that. Obviously a couple players to watch other than Connor Bedard 
the young Lucas Reichel centering that second line center position, as well as Kevin Korchinski second pairing left side for the Chicago Blackhawks. So obviously this team is, is built with a lot of veterans, but they have a couple or a few, a few younger players that are always fun to watch. So that's going to be the, probably the headline for Saturday night, other than Connor Bedard. A lot of young talent there. A lot of young talent. There you go. And then moving on to um, the Montreal Canadiens' second game of the week, which is going to come against the Minnesota Wild um, on Tuesday night. Liam, what are we what are we looking for here? Like, what's what if Montreal, let's say, presumably tomorrow night picks up the victory at home, and now they're on Tuesday back at home? Is this? Again, the season's long, and I'm never going to call it a must-win unless, you know, it's never going to be a must-win for the Montreal Canadiens. But what would you like to see the Montreal Canadiens do on Tuesday night other than win? I'm, I want to, I, I want specifics here. What, what, do you, what do they need to do to be successful Tuesday night against Kirill Kaprizov and the Minnesota Wild? Yeah, I think the obvious answer here is shut down that Kaprizov and Zuccarello line. But I'm going to give, you know, a different take here, and it's the score on Philip Gustafson. This guy had a heck of a game last night, shutting out the Panthers with 41 saves. And last season, you know, he kind of broke out, showed the type of goaltender he is. But I think this season's going to be really different for him. I think he's going to be outstanding. And I think that the Habs just got to solve him, get on the board early, you know, continue to forecheck hard and shut down their second line. They've got Joel Erickson, who I think is a top tier talent in the league. And they're probably going to be matching up against the uh the the Dak Slavkovsky new hook line and I think they got to capitalize on that the Habs do have some they, they've got offensive players and Minnesota does lack a bit in scoring besides Kaprizov and Zuccarello so I think they got to capitalize on that and you know again capitalize on their power play and penalty kill absolutely and um I think where Montreal will be able to take advantage of them and I say unfortunately because I think that that first line is obviously the first two lines are very very strong for Minnesota and you can and you can actually bring up the case that Montreal's top two lines are relatively strong and obviously are going to going to be out to prove something. But I think where Montreal is going to really be able to take advantage of them is going to be on that last line. I think that the speed that you have on that fourth line with Jake Evans and RHP really brings a lot to the table versus a fourth line of Patrick Maroon, Connor Dewar, and Brandon Duhame. And I think that it's all, it obviously gets it's those nitty gritty details. And unfortunately, I think that I think that Minnesota definitely has the top tier power play, which is just an absolute masterclass by Kirill Kaprizov, who's just a wizard with the puck at this point. Um, but if Montreal is going to want to win this game, it's it's I'm not going to say it's not going to come from the first two lines, but I think they're going to be able to really take advantage of those matchups in that in that bottom six. And like you said, beating Philip Gustafson already on the season with through one game, you know, a 41 save shutout, 41 save shutout. Um, he he took over the crease last season um, after splitting time with Flurry. Now he's in a full time role, presumably. Um, I'm sure Flurry will get his games, but I think for the most part it's going to be Phillips Net. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that Montreal, after hopefully going one and one, are going to bring the heat and expose you know the small the small areas that they can against this. We'll call we'll call it good Minnesota team. Yeah, I think another point to you know to talk about here is that again this is this is a clash of young talent once again minnesota's got uh brock faber very outstanding rookie on their first d pairing and they've got kaylin addison lower in the lineup as well as marco rossi so there's a lot of young guys as well as boldy 
So yeah, again, a lot of young talent here. It's going to be exciting to watch. Probably going to be a quick game. Um, but again, Minnesota was one of the worst teams in terms of goals for last season. So the Habs got to capitalize on that. They got to score their goals. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a really... And I think the the, the last thing I want to highlight about this personally would be um, the matchup presumably between Kirby Doc and Joel Eriksson at that center position on that second line. I think that those two players... Obviously, Joel Eriksson probably a little bit better defensively than Kirby Doc, but nonetheless, I think both of them are five on five players that do a very good job of slowing down the game for their counterparts, for their wingers. Um, so I think that that's going to be really interesting to see who dominates that five on five time because in the se- in the in the Leafs game, the Montreal Canadiens matchup on that second line um, for Kirby Doc was absolutely phenomenal. I think that they dominated the time. I think that they dominated the ozone time um, against that Leafs line. And they constantly had that puck, uh, constantly had possession of that puck. And I think that that's something that the Montreal Canadiens really need to hammer down for the rest of the season is emphasizing that, yes, that first line is always going to be pretty dominant and is going to, and is going to put up a ton of points, but to have a second line that, that can equally produce while dominating the pace of play is also so, 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 so important. Um, so if they could take advantage of that against a very good defensively or well-rounded line, I guess, run by Joel Erickson, the Montreal Canadiens could be pretty successful in that game. Yeah, for sure. Definitely controlling the ozone. And yeah, at the same time, just that power play breakout, they've got a hammer down on that one because I, you know, I, it looks a bit rough. I need to say this flat out. I, 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 I can't understand. I can't understand why there hasn't been any changes made to this power play. It is the same linear process year after year. It's the same linear breakout. It's the same linear concepts. And at one point, when you're consistently bottom five in the league on the power play with a ton at this point of skilled players, how are There's we sticking be a to change. the same thing? Yeah. And you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be Burroughs, but it needs to be something. It needs to be a change of mindset. It needs to be a change of positioning. It needs to be a ch- I just I can't I can't watch it when at the, the truth of the matter, Liam is that this game is won on goals. And if you could capitalize on your chances to score goals with one less guy on the ice, then you're probably going to be a pretty successful team. I swear we're, we're better five on five than four. Uh, than yeah, five on yeah. four. It's Kirby just, Doc is a better player five on five than, than he is on the power play. The, just the one thing I don't understand is when we do the drop back play, which I love, by the way, but it's Suzuki yeah. who picks it up. Like, yes, yeah, Su- Suzuki's an amazing playmaker. He's going to get the puck in the zone, but... I don't know why Kirby Dak isn't carrying it. He just he has the body for it. He has the hands for it. I, I just don't understand. And we can, we can never set up because we get in the zone and we dump it in. Like why are we dumping it in? So. And the truth is that the Montreal Canadiens have a very 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 poor second power play unit. Now don't get me wrong. I'm obviously happy to see Slaff on that on that right side. Um, you know, one timer spot. Obviously, you want to see him get the puck a little bit more in that spot. But the truth is, it's not a very talented second unit. Aside yeah. from Newhook and aside from Arbor Jackeye, who we could both agree has been or will be good in that spot, you know, Gallagher and Anderson are just not power play players. They're no. just not. You, and, you need a guy who's puck moving, and it, there's just right. no puck movers. There. Oh, well, we, we've ran out, right? We've ran out at that point. <laughs> Kirby, Doc, Suzuki, um, Cole Caulfield are all on that first unit. Yeah. Now you put new hook on that second unit. Now you're really running out of options. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it's it's obviously a. It's it, it, what's the word I'm looking for? 
Uh, anyway, the word I'm looking for, I, I can't think of it, but it's obviously, it's it's very nice to have that for some teams, to have that second unit that can also not equally produce, but I would say produce at at a, a certain level. But Montreal Canadiens as a whole unit, both for the first unit and the second unit are just going to have to figure it out sooner rather than later. Yeah. If Arizona could figure it out, we could figure it out. So There you go. Um, do we want to go into our, you know, our predictions for the week? Uh, what's, what's the record going to look like for Montreal, Liam? What, who's going to be the best player for the Montreal Canadiens this week in terms of points or goals or whatever you want to give to me? And, and uh, I mean, take? My, we'll give a hot take. Yeah, after. Give me a hot take. Give me a hot take. All right. So quickly, yeah, the, the game after Minnesota's versus Washington. And that pretty much concludes the week after that. Only a two game, two game week next week. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm gonna predict a four-two win against Chicago. I'll give Bedard a goal there, but I'm gonna give Kirby two for the Habs um, against Minnesota. You know, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm I'm biased for the Habs, but I think the Habs are gonna be able to scrape one out here, like a two-one win or something. Philip Gustafson gonna shut the door again, but RHP oh, scoring. I, I think I think uh, I think it's going to be a good game between Minnesota and the Habs. So yeah, give me RHP for a goal. In you know, I'll call it an overtime win, two-one overtime win. And is RHP and scoring that overtime goal? I yes, doubt it. He is scoring. Oh, the, oh he is. So he's oh, getting actually. on the ice. <laughs> so maybe not. <laughs> maybe he'll score one, and then uh, OT. We'll give it to Big Mike. The point. Oh my God! Wow, you're really throwing out all these hot takes, like. <laughs> If you if you get these right, I'm clipping it right away. Um, no, I, I you gotta love wait, it. Gotta wait, wait, and then then on oh, Washington okay. versus Washington, we didn't go into Washington too much, but I think we're well, gonna take. We'll, probably, we'll have an episode before that. We'll have an episode before that. We'll have an episode next Friday. Um, is the Washington game the is on the uh, Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. Correct. Okay, so, so I think yeah. we'll be we'll back go. next Friday. So we'll leave it for okay. that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. So once again, four two win against Chicago. Uh, Kirby Dak with two goals, and then a two one overtime win versus the Minnesota Wild. Mike Matheson, lock it in. So 2-0 and for the Montreal Canadiens for the upcoming week. Is that correct? Yep, we're starting the season strong. We're starting the season 1 or, sorry, uh, well, 2-0-1. in your case, 2-0-1. Um, my hot take or my takes for this week, I think Montreal is going to beat the Chicago Blackhawks 3-1 to at home. I think that Monty's going to have an exceptional game. I think that he's going to probably post, um, I'm going to go with a 30-save win there. Um, and I think that goals are going to pro I, I, I'm, I, maybe it's just because I'm biased. Maybe it's just because I'm a truther, but I'm, I'm sensing a Slav goal. I think that there's a lot, a lot to like. So I'm, that's, that's my take. That's my take. Slav goal in the, in the home opener for the Montreal Canadiens with a 30 save win from Monty. And I think that in that second game on Tuesday against Minnesota, I think that Montreal, I'm going to take the opposite take to you. I think that the Montreal Canadiens lose two to one. I don't know if it's an overtime. I don't know if it's in regulation, but I think they lose two to one. I think that's where Philip Gustafson prevails. I think Monty has a solid outing. And I think that Jordan Harris scores the lone goal. But Kaprizov and that offense are too strong for this Montreal Canadiens team early in this young season. So that's my take. I think the Montreal Canadiens go one and one this week. Fair enough. I thought you were going to say like Pat Maroon Hattie or something. Yeah, well... (laughs) Look, I'm not, yeah, no, I'm not that crazy. Um, but nonetheless, we're 35 minutes in, and I think that's where we're going to wrap it up because if we're going to do this every week, it's more than fun this way. 
Um, so we thank you guys so much for. Is there anything you want to say, Liam? By the way, no, I, I think we got it all. Got it all down, Pat. Well, you definitely got us with those hot takes. We'll we'll put it that way. <laughs> um, but again, guys, we'll be active on social media. Um, you know, a few things are getting in the way of social media production, but that's fine. That's fine. It happens. It's life. But we'll be back. We'll be back and more consistent. Yeah. Um, but make sure to check us out. Make sure to follow with us on 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 Twitter, Instagram, um, and TikTok. But we'll leave it at that, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.